I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching... FSR. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Oh! Uh, first of all, I want to just say this. 
I mean, I really feel very strongly about this out of the gate. The, the Mets can win 55 games, Mike Harmon. I, I can see the 55-5. and five Okay, let me stop you right there. The Mets suck. I mean, I know the Dodgers topped the revised season win totals with 37. You yeah. know, today the Dodgers are the team that uh, many experts in Vegas thinks will win the most games. But I could see the Mets right, Dodgers, winning 55. Dodgers, Yankees on paper. Yeah. Sure. Mets fin 55. And no, I, I'm, I'm not drinking at all tonight. Not at all. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not me. That's, that sounded like a nice, cheap domestic beer. Good man. Mm. No, it's actually a uh, Coke Zero Sugar. That's what it is. Well, I don't think anybody believes you. <laughs> Unlike other people that I have known throughout my radio career that actually did drink on the air, I do not do it. Rather, just give the illusion that I'm drinking alcohol on the air. S- sounds like you're trying to take a <laughs> shot at me, or no? Whoa, you drink before you drink during the shows? Allegedly. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute. This is big news here right now. Whoa, dude, you can't you can't just drink during the shows. I'm not, dude. I, I literally whoa. have a 32 ounce cup of coffee and a gallon of water sitting next to me. No, no, no. But you implied that you're drinking alcohol during the shows. You can't do that. Theater of the mind, man. <laughs> just like you snapping, snapping that can open feel, as we I, get on the air, buddy. I feel like you just stopped and like hit a bottle like under your desk right now, just in case someone's looking in the window. Let me just hang on. Uh, no, theater of the mind, there, buddy. Theater. No, no, no buddy. That. If if I if I was worried about someone walking past the window, I would have put on pants. I'll tell you. Or I, would I have? Well, well, no, I don't know. I think you would. St- I think you would stick with the pants. You would say, "Hey, everybody, there's a party going on." Yeah, you know, you would say there's a party happening. I think you. There, would. there is. Yeah, the big party. Uh, big party with exactly. Jake Glazer stopping by coming up in a few minutes as a big day in the National Football League. We saw Malcolm Jenkins earlier today say football is non-essential. And, and look, Malcolm Jenkins is a huge personality, uh, one of the big leaders of, of the NFL players. And we found out that National Football League is canceling the Hall of Fame game. Uh, they're postponing induction ceremonies to next year, mm-hmm. but they also sent out a letter to teams saying training camp's going to start as normal yeah. on July 28th. So I was going to say a lot of sense. Yeah, Malcolm yeah. Jenkins is welcome and entitled to his opinion. Uh, as I've talked about, not only for the play. See, everybody talks about the millionaires and billionaires. Extrapolate, people. Think bigger. Think about the global part uh, of what these businesses represent and why we're worried about who's going to be able to advertise in the lower bowls of stadiums. There's a much <laughs> bigger thing at play. Uh, I respect you, Malcolm Jenkins, but on this one, uh, I'm going to have to vehemently disagree. Well, he is the one that's putting – these are the guys that are putting their bodies on the line. You and I aren't. You know, the corporations aren't as they advertise. These no, are the guys but if the say, corporations don't you, advertise you and play. all this other stuff grinds to a halt, so do the paychecks. You, you, you need us to play. I mean, you know, the, I, I, I get where they want to feel safe. And, look, this Quid is what's going on right Clarice. now is – they just want to feel safe, and the NFL has been pushing ahead with all kinds of we're going to go on as scripted, which is going to change at some point because it has to because you, you can't sit here and say we're opening up as as uh, as we normally are. Oh, but the Hall of Fame game is canceled, and the ceremony is going to be next summer, but everything else is fine. We're going to have it. The players are like, okay, you got we got to feel safe here, and Malcolm Jenkins is basically saying, listen, football's not essential. Oh, I got your attention now. How are we going to feel safe because we're seeing these positive coronavirus tests and all these other sports, they're getting ready to come back to play next week. And, uh, you know, you want us to be in camp in a month, so uh, let's figure something out. Uh, so we will have more with that. And you and I will have more on that. We'll have more on that mm-hmm. with Jake Laser uh, coming up in about 20 minutes. But 
Well, today was a day in which I don't want to say this was the the big day for to solve everything that's been going on with NASCAR the past couple of days, but at least we know now that the next phase of what happened with Bubba Wallace and the noose that was in his garage that was fashioned in the shape of a pull rope, uh, at least we saw exactly what we are dealing with going forward now. As NASCAR published today the first photo of the noose that was hanging in his garage past weekend at Talladega, there will be no hate crime, obviously, as we heard the past few days uh, filed against anyone because this was a rope pulley that was put in uh, back at some time in October of 2019. However, when you look at this rope pulley, it is a noose. I mean, there's, there's no doubt in anybody's mind. NASCAR put the picture out there. It's a noose. Maybe if it was done in the shape, if it was done in the shape of a noose for some dumb reason, well, that's what we got to find out now. And that's why, okay, I don't think anybody can doubt for a second this was a noose. Why was it done like this? You really can't find who put it up? You really can't find that. You, you, you found when it went up. You knew it was sometime in October 2019. How have you not found the person to do it yet? How have you not found the one person who could at least stand up and say, oh, hey, that was my fault, bad idea by me, and I, it was just a rope. I, no one knew anything. How have you not found that out yet? I mean, that, that's, that's the next thing because I don't think anybody, whatever side of this story you're on with, oh, this was a ridiculous overreaction or – you know, you look at the the ends that came out of this, which was pretty positive for NASCAR in general. Uh, it's a noose, and now, okay, why was this like that? Because no other garage had a noose fixed the way it was. No one else has seen um, rope poles fixed the way it is. Why was it fixed that way? And I'm really surprised that we haven't found the person that did it. I mean, that that's the the FBI's come in and figured all the who did it. Oh, well, that we don't know. Really. How do you know when it was done, but you, have, you, really, you can't ask around and find out who did it at this point? I mean, it's been a few days now. I get right away where part of it is, hey, what's our response? Because that's more important. Because everybody's looking at NASCAR going, hey, wh- how, do you, how are you responding when a noose is found in the garage of a black driver? And, and NASCAR concentrated on their response. Okay, we had the investigation coming now. Still, we, we don't know who did it? They couldn't find out who did it? That, that, that surprises me a little bit, Mike, that they can't find go, it out yet. Well, go back and figure out who occupied that garage last October. One, uh, videotapes. Okay, maybe they're scrubbed months later. Fine, you know it goes back to the the original press release that they put out with inflammatory language of the heinous act. And and look, I, as we've talked about all week, right? You you assume the worst, but it's one of those. All right, we have to investigate. And then it's carefully choosing your words, right? He, he, Steve Phelps says, "Hey, I should have used the word alleged." When mm-hmm. put it out uh, as the heinous act, just saying, hey, we, we recognize what this could be, but we've got to go figure out what it is. Right. I, I think that's where we were, or at least that's where I've been coming from all week long. And now the next steps are obviously, OK, if the F- FBI concluded there's no crime, you you've still got to finish it. Right. You're at the goal line. Right. It's second and goal from the one. Uh, you got to plunge the thing in and figure out who the hell did this why they fashioned it that way, right? They said there were, what, 11 ropes, uh, 11 pull-down ropes tied in a knot, but just the one in this formation uh, in the photo that we got some nine, ten hours ago. And so add, add it all up. You know, we know the garages are determined by points, coincidence, all of these things, because, look, it, it took on a life of its own, right? And And while waiting... For more information, you had Bubba Wallace doubling down 
And then he came out with the statement yesterday to say, hey, thanks, NASCAR, for having my back. But it was after, you know, the, the FBI had concluded. So what what that said was, well, I, I don't 100% believe what you're selling. So now NASCAR still got to go clean that up, and the picture's not going to do it. No, and, and here's the thing. Uh, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Uh, I don't get how, and we, we got to this a little bit last night, NASCAR's response to this story, I, I don't think could have gone any different than it did because here's reports of a noose, and as you can clearly see, it's a noose, right? There is no doubt it's a noose. If you walked into that garage, you would say, what is that? Oh, my God, it's a noose. Right? There's no doubt in anybody's mind you can see that. So the, so the person who found it went back to Bubba Wallace's rest of his team. Look, there's a noose in the garage. There is no doubt that was a noose. Right? There's no way in you could say, well, potent- no, that was hanging that way. That is a noose. So this story gets out, and I don't see how NASCAR could have done anything more that would have made them look any better or gotten into a, into a different ending than where we're at right now, where NASCAR's got to figure things out. Because if they try to hide the story while they're investigating it, the optic is NASCAR found a noose in a black driver's garage and they're trying to hide it. And can you imagine the bad publicity NASCAR would get? Let's say they came out with a statement and said, hey, we found an object that appears to be a noose, but we're, we, we're not sure if it is yet. Oh, my God, a noose is found. You're not even going to admit it's a noose. And the backlash there, because the time we're in right now where, where when anything race-wise comes up, it's front and center, it's spotlight, it's what's your reaction to this. He, and here is something that... I don't know how you react any different. You know, it, that that's how you react. It's a noose. It's a, it's in a black driver's garage. Let's condemn racism. And and look, beginning of the week, we said this ended as good as it could with NASCAR united together, saying we're not going to allow racism in, in into our sport. They're they're still you know figuring out how how to. Uh, how to maneuver past when when they have finally gotten rid of the Confederate flag. So I I don't see how NASCAR could have done anything that would have avoided this spot simply because the story gets out and and either of those looks are really, really bad for NASCAR. So that's where I don't know where they get to a different spot today where, boy, had we done this. Had he said an alleged noose? I mean, I don't know that that would have done it. It still would have been a noose. I mean, if you say an alleged noose was found, it still would have been out there that it's a noose. And no one's going to go back and say, well, we said alleged. We said, okay, sometimes alleged can save you on things, and, and, and we say things purposely that way. But you're using the phrase, if you had said it's a rope that allegedly is in the shape of a, all right, well, you say alleged noose, people, are, okay, it's a noose. Well, no, that's not where the alleged should have been placed, in my opinion, right? The, the, allegations, uh, the allegations here are whether there was an intentional you know, hate crime committed. I, I, I think saying here's the, the rope and the shape that it's in, there's not, I mean, that is, it is what it is. You look at it, you look at the picture, you come to your conclusion. It was more just the inflammatory, obviously this is there to intimidate and heinous act or whatever. And it got the, you know, the unification of NASCAR. I get that, but it also becomes this story that it's, it's tough to pull it back now in terms of you, you put that out that it, this is a definitive act as the way they stated it. So well, now you've you got to find you the culprit. But how do you? Right? I, I don't know how you get around it because the facts are: here's a noose. 
in the yeah. garage of the only black driver on the NASCAR circuit in the last week in which they've been fighting a battle over many sure. fans who are happy and unhappy that they have gotten rid of the Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you get around the facts. I don't know. The, I don't know how you get around the you know that the facts. It's like when but it, but you, you know, included the this is a heinous act and everything else and and you made it an inflammatory thing while you were still hadn't even re- begun your investigation. Well, you so have I, to, obviously you, we will you, investigate. You have to if, denounce if that. Found to be this. Yeah, but you can't. You have to denounce it. You can't say yeah. If it is, boy, that's awful. But I'm like, like I said, just imagine the reaction if you don't denounce. If you don't take a strong stand right away. I mean, look at the times we're in right now, where where everything that happens. This is there. There's not a lot of time to sit here and say we can we can figure it out. We have plenty of time. No, it's wow. We got to react right away. This is pretty explosive. You know, I, 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 I just don't see how the, the facts were going to get out as is, and those were the facts. And, and they're, you know, like the, a few good men line. Those are the facts of the case. They are undisputed. These are the facts. Now, how you got there is what we're trying to figure out now, but that was where pe- that's what people are going to pay attention to. What's the headline? Black NASCAR driver, noose is found in his garage. Oh, my goodness. And that's a heinous, that's a heinous thing to see. It's a heinous, I mean, we, we can't tolerate racism. And these are all things that we talked about, which are good things to talk about. And, you know, be, but the whole investigation, I don't see how they could have gotten differently just because of that reaction. I see where you're going with, with your explanation of, oh, you know, to, to find, be able to, to put out certain words and, and that aren't trigger words, but this was going to be the reaction anyway. I don't know how you could have gotten out and it would have been anything but, oh my goodness, look how big this story is because it exploded right away. Well, because when you put out a statement to that end, that means you, you to me, that you're already you have an inkling of what you're going to find, right? Uh, and that you you decided it was a heinous act on its face, without a further investigation. And it may have been right. That might have been someone back in October that had an issue. And that's why I'm saying go back in the log books. Who was in that garage back in October? And figure out uh, let's let's go through some chain of events because they haven't been there all the time, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. they've been in other tracks, they've been out of season for months and everything else. I mean, there there's still next steps to this. There's a good act, right? In the end of you know NASCAR drivers and everybody together, the solidarity, and I hope that there's peace in there in terms of Bubba Wallace with the other drivers, and it's not just a show, right? And that there is. You know, togetherness and and believing that they have the best interest of him, his team, and pushing forward, right? I I hope that's the case. But NASCAR is still incumbent upon them to dig a little deeper, as it were. Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? 
You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening well the nfl today had a pretty big day in which they announced they're canceling the hall of fame game and the hall of fame induction ceremonies will get moved to 2021 same time they send a note out to all of the nfl team saying training camp's going to start on time end of july just like always hang on a second joining us now on the hotline doubles make sense of that nfl on fox insider extraordinaire nobody better than our buddy jay glazer jay what's happening my friend you're asking me to make sense of that. 
Hey, the small questions here, Jay. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, small questions. I know yeah. I play a doctor on TV, but I really have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that seems to be a bit of a uh, a mixed message the NFL is sending, Jay, with, okay, we can't play this game and have the ceremonies, but we're still planning on camp. Uh, is Are they thinking anything, anything coming down the pipe? Because we're about a month away now. I, I don't know this because I haven't spoken to anybody about this, but you know, perhaps with the Hall of Fame, there's a lot of elderly uh, enshrinees um, and Hall of Famers uh, even people that go there. So maybe, again, it's, um, you know, these these younger players, uh, when you put them in camp, it's a little bit different there. I, I don't know. Uh, you know I, again, when you're dealing with this virus, things change every day. Um, there's, man, there's no, there's no answer that's going to make everybody happy, right? No matter what you do. You mm-hmm. re-quarantine again, you shut down to make sure everybody's safe, people are going to get upset about the economy. If you open back up to help the economy, people are going to get upset that you're not being safe enough about the virus. Um, and, and, you know, unfortunately, too, a lot of this has become you know, political, as we know. So there is there's no, I guess, perfect answer that will satisfy everyone. See, and I'm watching you do it perfectly on one of your most recent tweets is you working out going forward and you're wearing a mask. You're working out. Yep, you're staying safe. Yeah. But however, did you see the comments below it? First of all, I'm squatting. I'm missing my freaking L4, L5 disc, right, because I've ruptured it four times. And people are like, why aren't you going down far enough? Well, if you looked at the, <laughs> the captain there, Dippy, you would have seen, well, I can't get down that far. And then I'm wearing a mask, and somebody's like, you're soft, wearing a mask. Okay, dude, I'm freaking squatting 405, but I'm soft because I'm wearing a mask. And 405, and I'm 50 and Jewish, so I got everything against me. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough for me, Jay, just driving on the 405. Not, not enough trying right. to squat that. That's and insane. I'm missing a freaking L4, L5. <laughs> I'm feeling really lazy uh, about now, Jay. Fighting's fun. Fighting's really fun. Yeah. Uh, Great. Smart I mean, decisions I made. It's, <laughs> it's worked out all right, though. I mean, look at it. Yeah. You're, you're helping lots of people, and, and you're still putting yeah. us to shame with 405 on the rack, man. That's even Urlacher, my freaking dumb partner at, at Unbreakable, chimed in. He's like, What are you doing, calf raises? I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Even you. <laughs> well, that, well, you know what? You asked, you brought a pretty interesting thing. What would you be doing if you, if you didn't do this? If you weren't an NFL insider, you weren't you know, Unbreakable doing the work you do now, well, what do you think you'd be doing if you had an alternative a, path to your career? I'd be a, I'd be a spelling bee champion. He'd <laughs> <laughs> been working towards those Emmys earlier. What are you talking about? All right, all right. Hey, maybe maybe the, maybe the movies would be star Jay Glazer, and you would get the Rock in, and he would help. You know, just you know, I'll do yeah, a, you yeah. do him a favor. Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely All right, so way. down in Tampa, I mean, a lot of big news of, of Tom Brady still throwing despite the NFLPA's yep. urgency. Uh, how's Bruce feeling about all that? Well, you know, it's interesting. Well, I'm sure Bruce is happy that they're all working out together. Exactly. But I am wondering about coaches like like Bruce and um, some of the older coaches in this league and guys who've had pre-existing health conditions. Mm-hmm. But, man, how are they going to keep him safe? I started thinking about that this week. How are they going to keep him safe? How are they going to keep him You know, it's – you know, he's had issues uh, in the past. We know that. Um, and we've got to keep guys like that safe. So how how's that going to happen? I mean, I, you know, it's, 
it's different between a guy like him and uh, a Sean McVay. Or, hey, Sean Payton has already had it. Don't have to worry about anything. Right? So even that, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions they're going to have to be – that they're going to need to come up with. They're going to need to do it together. Like, if all of a sudden 20 guys go down on the team and one guy gives it to 19 others and they still got to play, where are they getting those other 20 players from? There's got to be some sort of pool of players that are ready to go out there and, and – in game shape. So, you know, even that, they're going to have to really think about, they're going to have to think some worst case scenarios um, and be prepared for that. And I shouldn't say worst case, because worst case is obviously a different level of what we're talking about worse. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, you know, they need to think about every, anything and everything that possibly could happen and be prepared for it and not be so reactive, but be more proactive just in case. Because that, that's kind of what we're seeing today with Malcolm Jenkins doing the interview saying, hey, football's non-essential. we got to feel safe. And I think this was him standing up saying, all right, it's time for the plan. How are you guys going to keep us safe? You, you want us to go to camp in the month. You have, we have to feel safe. We're seeing the plans in the NBA and Major League Baseball. We need to see this from you now. So I think the players are, are stepping up before it gets too late. You know, you know even that, though, they, they tell everybody that July 28th is a date they're going to come back. But there were other dates that were discussed beforehand. And they were going back and forth, and there was again. There's no. There's no. This is different territory. So some people are like, "Hey, let's go back July 15th and and have like almost a that's their, basically their OT time, uh, OTA time." And somebody else, now let's do July 10th, and then we really have like somewhat of a, a, a week, basically, which is like your off-season workout program. Get them acclimated, get get our systems down, and then they kind of get going back and forth on that. And then they decide, okay, let's do July 28th. So it's there's a lot of the good thing is that there's a lot of minds working on it. The bad thing is again because there's no answer that's going to satisfy everybody. It's okay. Which which of these these ideas can work the best and keep everybody the safest? That look, our number one priority needs to be safety. That's going to be our number one priority. As much as I want football back, right? And we all do, without a doubt. We the number one thing here has got to be safety. Well, because the the other hang-up in all this, Jay, seems to be when when you're trying to put them back in stadiums, state to state, you've now got to go back into the governmental bodies yep. for those clearances too, which is, uh, as we know, a moving target on a day-to-day basis as well. Yep, absolutely. And again, this this is, man, we don't have a precedence for this. We, there's nothing we can look back and go, oh, four years ago this happened. This isn't like the lockout. All right? Totally different than that. And... You know, there's a lot going on right now in this in this world, and, and there's a lot of issues that are way bigger than football. So this is a different time than we have ever experienced in our lifetime. NFL on Fox Insider Jay Glazer with us here on the show, and if it's quite possible, I'm going to ask Jay a more difficult question than, than what he just had to break down. Jay, explain what's going on with the Jets and Jamal Adams. Well, <laughs> that's been going on for a little while. I know. Um, <laughs> but, but the interesting part was saying, well, these are the eight teams I'm going to be willing to to get traded to. That, that's not how it works. Right? If you're saying, I want out, I want to get traded, well, then that's it. That's what happens. You know, when the Giants say, okay, we're going to trade Odell, Odell Beckham, he didn't get to decide where he's going to go. So they made that decision. Uh, a lot of times players try to put it this way, well, I'm only going to be, you know, that, you know, there's, you know, NBA has, has, their contracts are different. But the NFL, you can't dictate where you're going to go. And it, as much as you may be upset with something, you don't want your bonus getting taken back. You don't want your money getting taken back. Um, and it's, you know, I, 
I know last year um, when all that stuff happened, when it was, uh, you know, I, there was I think there was an issue between Jamal's agent and the team. Uh, they put it out there, but you know, in the end, if much as somebody says I'm out, I want traded. Uh, you don't hold all the cards. Look at the skills and Le'Veon Bell. I want out. I'm out. I'm outside. Oh, well, they let him sit. Right. So I kind of didn't understand that part of, hey, these are the teams I'm willing to get traded to. So why am I going to do a favor for somebody who, <laughs> who's saying, I'm done with you guys. I don't want to be here anymore. And do I think Jamal Adams is worth it? Yeah, I do. Definitely do. I think he's a difference maker. Um, but – you know, it's either, you know, unfortunately the NFL for as a player, your power is either I'm here or I'm not. And a lot of times, even if you say I'm, I'm gone, you still may not even have the, you know, the power to get yourself out. I like that. It was a motivational tool, tool that it's all eight winning teams as yeah. opposed yeah, to, what, you know what, I want to be a Jaguar. Yeah. Send me there now. <laughs> Hey, but we, we had reports yesterday that, that part of the reason is Jamal Adams doesn't get along with Adam Gase, and Gase has kind of lost the locker room. Is is, is Adam Gase, is, is, is he still on good footing with the Jets? I mean, we hear these stories every now and then about him. Well, you hear these stories all the time when you're losing. Right? And Jets have been per, perennial losers. Yes. You know, it's just over and over and over. Um, <laughs> when you win, everybody loves you. When, you're, when you win and your quarterback's playing well, suddenly you, you're not so dumb. You can coach really well. Your GM really knows how to find players. Your scouting department's amazing. <laughs> and when, when you don't, when you don't have a quarterback to play and, you're, and you lose, then all of a sudden, you know, you're a dumb you-know-what. Man, you can't coach. You don't connect with your players. You can't find players. You don't know how to scout. Everybody's been, It's just, man, that's what happens when you lose. <laughs> and Jason, being a Jets fan, you yeah. uh, well, you just kind of kicked him. Yeah. I've, I've uh, had like, like you did those lower leg kicks. But man, it's just it's just been you know the culture over there. It's been a it's been a losing culture for a long, long, long time. For all these teams that have had perennial losing cultures, they need to look from the top. Owners need to go. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong here? What what's my contribution to this losing culture? They can't look at like oh no no it's been everybody else's fault. And they usually do. They usually go, oh, the last coach did this. The last GM did this. The last staff did this. No. Usually it starts at the top, and it goes down from there. So you got to – just like, you know, teams self-scout. Owners need to self-scout. Right? Executives need to self-scout. You need to realize, why is our culture like this? I think Sam Darnold is, could be the future. Absolutely. I'm a big Sam Darnold believer. Big Sam Darnold believer. But that culture over there, man, has got to change. He's on Twitter at Jay Glazer. That is at Jay Glazer. Also, vetsandplayers.org. Check out all the great stuff he's doing there as well. Uh, Jay, as always, buddy, appreciate it, my friend. I'll, I'll, I'll try Thanks, to bro. feel positive about the Jets, even though it's kind of hard. But I appreciate everything you say, my friend. There you go, always. brother. Stay, Stay safe, my man. Big changes. See you guys. Be good. Great stuff there from Jay Glazer. Look, you know, and, and here's the thing: <laughs> it, is you just hear Jay say the owner's got to say what do we, you know, what do we, what do we do? Well, where is the Jets owner? Well, he's in England, and he's been there for four years as President Trump's ambassador, and and Woody Johnson's brother is running the team, and it's how can you do it that way? 
you know, Woody Johnson used to be an owner. I would say, okay, you know, he spends money. That's good. But now I'm like, how do you make decisions like this? How do you hire a head coach and then three days later hire your GM and expect them to work together? How do you, how, how do you wind up saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to go outside. I don't know who to hire for my general manager, so I'm going to go ask Charlie Casserly, you know, who, who we should go hire. I mean, how do you run a team that way? And now you see what's going on right now because you have the owner in England, and as bad as things are with Adam Gase, is it really going to happen? Are they really going to fire him? Is Christopher Johnson going to get to to fire a head coach, or does he have to wait till Woody Johnson comes back at some point? If he comes back in the fall, if he comes back later, it's you know, I always. What, what do I say about teams? If you have a bad owner, you get stuck for a while, and boy, the Jets have been stuck for a long time. Well, but that's the larger question, Jason, and and I, I think eventually we have a big roundtable. We all sit in suits and we bring Jay as one of the guys in, since he's connected in this world. Is on the, on the whole, how many of these guys care whether they win or lose? Disp- you know, with getting ribbed at the, the annual owners meeting aside and getting roasted in the newspapers and whatever else, as long as the bank accounts are increasing, don't you think there's a handful of these owners that really don't give a damn? Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Juan Gabriel, Juan Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez and I'm Joseph Carrillo and we're the host of Becoming an Icon season two. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Today it became official. Vince Carter retires from the NBA after 22 seasons. Uh, We thought this was happening for, remember, they rushed to get him back in the game uh, when it looked like it was going to be the last game before coronavirus shut down the NBA. And Carter gets in, hits a big three at the end of the game. His teammates mob him. It was an incredibly positive moment because we thought this was going to be it. And Vince Carter makes it official today. 22 years in the NBA, he is retiring. Every player that plays like this and has this kind of an impact has a legacy in what you remember him for. And Vince Carter is going to go down for these three reasons. Uh, The incredible athleticism that he showed throughout his career. He was Air Canada, the Mm -hmm. the slam dunk contest, what he was able to do, the longevity of his career. I mean, 22 years in the NBA is flipping amazing to be able to play that long when you lose your burst at some point and uh, you know what I can't just hang on and score six points a game not going to do it anymore but he was able to play and contribute for 22 years I mean those those two big things athleticism longevity and the flip side of it choosing to attend graduation North Carolina on the day of game seven of the Eastern Conference semis in 2001 I remember being on the air. This is one of the first big stories I talked about on the air in, in when I first time around here at Fox Sports Radio, and it was like wildfire. You know, Vince Carter, who left North Carolina early in 98, had uh, become a superstar in the NBA. He had a great mm-hmm. series here in the Eastern Conference semis against the, the Sixers, him and Allen Iverson back and forth. It was an amazing series. And he decided he wanted to go because he had earned his credits to finally graduate from North Carolina. Well, North Carolina's ceremony was on the morning of Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semis. And this was a story leading up to it for a few days and why is Vince Carter doing this why is he going he goes to North Carolina he's there for about 20 minutes Remember the big video of him holding up his diploma in the crowd with all the the other graduates then he flies back to the game gets there five hours before tip-off has a bad game shoots six for 19 potentially has that has the game-winning shot that misses 
and the Raptors lose in Game 7 of the East Semis, the Sixers go on to the Eastern Conference Finals. They would win and go on to the NBA Finals. And Vince Carter, in many respects, in many aspects, has never been forgiven for that decision. And I know that he has gone on record in the past year saying, I would do it again. I would do it just like that. I'd go back, and if I made that shot, nobody would think anything more, and would anything about it. But the the thing is, I, I go back and say, well, you're, you're kind of looking back at it and saying, well, I missed the shot anyway, and it, you know, it's okay. I went and I, I I went to do this graduation. You potentially put a lot of stuff at risk. I mean, I know you want to graduate from North Carolina, but the, Toronto Raptors were the team who was paying you a lot of money. You you owed it to your teammates to to not have this become a big story. You could have gone to any graduation. It wasn't your graduation class that was graduating. You could have just gone because you got your diploma. And this was the first time when I saw Vince Carter, I said, boy, this guy's supposed to be a star, and he's not not being a leader. Because the Raptors were paying him, and you really think they want him to fly somewhere? And then whatever it is, whatever journey you have to make to come back and not just take it easy, be ready, get to the court, and have a big day? He even says it was a very taxing day for him. And he had a horrible Game 7, and the Raptors could have gone on to win. The Raptors are paying him at that point, and I really can't believe that nobody stepped in and said, hey, Vince, this is a bad idea. All right, I get you want to do this, but man, this is a really bad idea. Figure one of these uh, veteran players, like Adele Curry or Charles Oakley, could have come and put their arm around him. Well, especially Oakley, uh, dude. <laughs> come on, <laughs> if you want the Im- intimidation factor, I mean, great example. Go but back, Oakley finish even, your Oakley, degrees. It's uh, what I argue all the time. Yeah, but Oakley even said after, at Vince Carter had not gone to graduation, the Raptors would have won. He, yeah, he, he actually said point. that. He said they yeah. would have won if he doesn't go. No, but hey, look, he didn't take it out on him. I mean, he didn't go after like like he would have a James Dolan situation. But, well, well, you know. James Dolan is, I mean, <laughs> come on. One act versus a lifetime. I mean, there's yeah. all sorts of things that go on there. Uh, but, yeah, with Vince Carter, it's he, he's gonna, he made the Raptors cool. Right, not just mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. He made that logo, and and people still go back and buy a ton of it. Uh, the fact that he played for eight teams overall, the longevity, as you mentioned, is there. But you you think of the pogo stick that he was his first couple years in the league, and just watching his athleticism. Uh, but in a day and age, look, what are we talking about right now? Players deciding whether they want to go into a bubble and how important sports are to them. Here's a guy that, that chose a graduation, could have done it any time, could have waited till the next quarter, uh, and they end up throwing away an opportunity to advance. I, it really shocks me. It shocks me that a bigger decision wasn't made. That, Of course, his teammates were going to say, yeah, we're fine with it. Dude, you're the superstar sure. of the team. What are we going to say? No. I mean, I, then I look like I'm anti-education. But, I mean, he could have <laughs> gone He could have gone and done it any time, but he's got to do it the morning of Game 7. And who knows what kind of what he did, how bad were his legs, you know, after you're flying uh. and coming back and trying to do it? That's a bad 19 years if, later, that's a bad If decision. only there were Zoom calls. <laughs> I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? 
You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 